Hello everyone, welcome to the Jockey Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hi. And Nathan. Hello. How are we? We good? All good, thank you. It's good to be back after my sabbatical. Mmm, indeed. We missed mm. you. Oh. Well, actually we say that, but we still don't know why we didn't have an invite. Yeah, I, I heard the last yeah, it podcast. Mm-hmm. It must have got lost in post. Sorry, lads. Shall we just banish him from this one? <laughs> That's it. I just get kicked from the Skype chat. Yeah. <laughs> to the uh, shadow realm <laughs> you go. Yep. Uh, okay. Shall we head straight into the, the news? Let's do it. Yes. That's a pretty big event, wasn't there? There was. Mm. So, Sony had another PlayStation State of Play. Yep. The official star of the Summerfest. Yes, indeed, it got added to it. The uh, it became official, didn't it? Mm. So, go on then, Matt. Start us off. <laughs> what um, was what? the big opener? Well, why am I starting? I, I know you know want why. to talk about this. Do you know what? I don't Come think on. Matt was spoiled about this whatsoever. This is I not was, what he saw. I was, we I was FIFA. disappointed when we were playing FIFA that night and I saw the notification pop up. I was like, what? I could have done without this, but. Well, tell the nice boys and girls what it was. So, we'll premise that it, it first started off um, with a date reveal, which was a bit, a bit unusual. Uh, I don't think many games started off with that. So we, we saw it was uh, March 24th of 2023. So about nine or ten months off. And then we, we, we got a sort of a view of a sort of a gloomy woodscape kind of thing. Um, coming through sort of a silhouette of the letter R in a familiar font that I suppose only I would know out of these three. <laughs> and then the R suddenly transformed into an N and then all the letters start coming through and we got Resident Evil 4 revealed for the first time officially, which is unfortunate due to the sort of Capcom leaks because I think if that didn't happen, I would I would have like flipped seeing this honestly um, wouldn't have you been expected you, you didn't flip seeing this anyway I mean it did anyway but it would have been like there would have been a lot more flips should we say double flip <laughs> double bit flip with a twist at the end so we got that so we so we got to see um, I suppose in a way we got to see gameplay but sort of outside of actual gameplay in, in a sense Probably didn't make sense. <laughs> um, so we got to see Willis as though, um, a, the character Ashley, sort of running around what appears to be the village, um, which is fairly new. Um, she never really did that in the original. Um, and we got to see a little bit more of um, what this remake is going to be. So it looks going to be a lot more horror-oriented than what the original was. Um, I think the original Resident Evil 4 was sort of touted as being sort of the first, the first game to sort of orient over to more kind of an action focus. But graphically, it looks really, really good. Like, I really do like how, look how, I like how everything looks, I should say. Um, horror-wise, um, we got a glimpse of the village, which looks a bit more torn up than the original, which, um, which I'm sure will fit into the more sort of horror look. Um, we got an updated look at Leon, a few scenes where he's kind of walking through the woods, um, and also sort of a moment when um, he's in the car, which I imagine replicates sort of the start of the game as well. 
um, where he's driving into the village. And there was some a few other sort of quick looks at other characters as well. I think we saw Ada, who design-wise looks completely different. She's wearing almost like a, a red tactical 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 tail neck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was almost went into archer territory then, um, which is very different from what she wore in Resident Evil 4, which was like a almost like an oriental dress, which I'm sure certain Resident Evil fans will not be happy about, as they always appear to be. So, And then there are some other things. You, you saw some of the villagers and also some of the, well, it appeared to be like the cultists. There was a, there was a quick scene of like three people in like robes um, at one point. That sort of mirrors the sort of castle section of the original game. I think that was pretty much it. We didn't, we didn't see... There was a lot shown, but what was shown was sort of typical of like early gameish kind of what you would expect to see. And then so towards the end of that trailer, we also saw um, that there is going to be development for it on the PSVR 2 as well, mm. which is very interesting. Um, I do wonder if they're going to be perhaps having sort of two modes akin to having sort of like the original third person over the top, you know, classic Resi now, I suppose, or modern Resi, Resident Evil, um, and then maybe do something similar to what um, Oculus have got on the quest with Resident Evil 4 VR. Maybe we could have, like, two modes, you know, you can play the whole game in VR, or you can also play it just normal, mm. which could be very interesting. I'd like to see more than that. I think on that PSVR point, it said PSVR 2 content, so I don't think that they'll be doing the entire game. It might be more of an experience more than anything else. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, it could be, could be. Um, they could very well. I mean, if they if they do, if they bring all the content from Resident Evil Four into this new one, then I could see them perhaps doing maybe the mercenaries mode um, in VR as well, which is just like a quick three to five minute um, game mode where you run around a section of the map, um, kill as many enemies as possible and whatnot. I could see that, perhaps. No, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm already sort of got a countdown towards when it comes out, so. Cool. Any thoughts on that, Mark? No. <laughs> That's why I said quiet. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm not playing it. Nah. Oh, no, you're not. Was it evil? No, no thanks. Fair enough. Um, but that wasn't all for Resi, was it? It wasn't, no, no, no. Um, so quickly after that, we got announced um, four games that are, will be in development for um, the PlayStation VR 2. Very heavy focused on, on VR very early on in this mm. state of play. Um, the first thing they showed off um probably not surprising as we you know we know that a pr- the previous title had a VR version and that was terrifying um we're going to have village resident evil coming to PSVR2 um yeah maybe the interest simps are going to be all over this aren't they of course oh it'd be great it'd be great to see just like actually how tall she is <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah, that's not what people are going to be looking at, but yeah, it's very true. Well, there will be if the height's correct in the game. <laughs> I think for me, it was 
I'm, I've got similar feelings to you, Mark. It's like the seventh one because I got to the point where I didn't install it and I've psyched myself <laughs> up for it and got the PSVR plugged in. And then I was like, no, no. Nah. <laughs> I don't want to have a heart attack at the age of 29 at the time. Yeah, so a whole, full, whole life ahead of me. <laughs> That's it. It did look fairly impressive, though, um, for a VR game. The trouble I have, though, is that you can't... Videos don't really show off VR. Mm. You, you, you can't get a sense of it yeah. until you just actually play it. Well, that's so, it, because I don't know about you, but when I first tried PSVR, because that was my first, like, I'd say full VR experience, it kind of blew me away in some aspects, because when your head moves, yeah. the character moves, and you've got everything else that comes with it, so, like, the move controllers and just having that total immersion. Hmm. But, but, yeah. But also, the, um, the VR screens aren't, you know, full HD, are they, or... Basically, the videos they make the graphics look a lot better than they probably actually are. Yeah, because everything's recorded in 4K, so it will look amazing when you view it on. Yeah. Well, that's not TV to say it looks. That's not to say it looks bad in VR, but basically, it's it's not it's not identical. So you can't get a full comparison, really. You don't. You're not really sure until you actually just start playing it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there are differences there, but I think that's one thing that's good about all the demos and things that we got on the first PSVR because there were all these experiences that you could test yeah. out yeah, and yeah. then play the games later just so you knew if it was right for you or not. Um, I do know on Village there's a lot of running around, so I can see myself probably getting a bit ill with all that because when I played Skyrim VR, I was running around for about 15 minutes and I got a bit of motion sickness. So we'll see how that goes. Emotion sickness? Emotion sickness, yeah. <laughs> It's emotional play, playing the game for the seventh time. Yeah. <laughs> Motion sickness. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, Matt, what were your thoughts on Village VR? I think I'm definitely going to play it if I get VR 2. Um, if? When? Well, yeah, when, I suppose. Um, Depends what price it is. For me, I don't care. Well, I, I, I hope <laughs> it comes as a free update with Village. Well, you say, you say that, but you don't... What, the very... VR headset? Or the game? No, the game. Yeah, I want the free headset. <laughs> you don't care, but you, you barely play your first one, PSVR, don't you? This is different now. <laughs> is it? Is because it now? It's, um, because it's new. <laughs> oh, okay. I think. I think for me, the the reason why I didn't really play that much of of the original VR was due to its setup. Um, yeah, it is a fast. I found it was it sort of maybe it's just. Um, the sale from my room as well and stuff but I always found it was quite difficult once I got like low down you know if you're, like, you need to do yeah. something low down or like oh no I've just dropped this gun I need to go pick it up and now it's now I'm fiddling you trying to you bang your head on coffee <laughs> yeah and banging stuff and, or if it's like I, I want to look you know behind myself because now you're blocking the sensors from the camera it's getting a bit weird about what you're doing i was just say actually say actually yeah it's probably um, a tracking thing that's probably so i mean from the news of what i've heard about how it's going to track you this time around it sounds a lot much improved i should say yeah yeah, yeah. um so hopefully I'm gonna, it's going to be a much better experience actually using it so that's why i was like I'll, you know maybe this time around i'll actually give vr proper go and Hopefully, it'll be a better experience this time. Yeah. 
I want backwards compatibility. I want that as well. Oh, I've got so many VR games I've not played. I'm, I'm kind of hoping maybe they, it's easy just to port them forward, maybe. Yeah. I don't see why they couldn't do it, because the mechanics seem at least <clears throat> on par with the original. Obviously, it's better because it has proper controllers and better tracking. That could be the reason, though. Maybe the controllers aren't compatible. Possible. I'll really look forward to Village. I'll, I'll definitely give it a go. Because I think Atmosphere, why as well, as well, it's not as scary as 7 was. So, like, I remember playing about five minutes of 7, and I was just like, yeah, no, <laughs> don't like this, don't like how atmospheric it is <laughs> in my eyes. So... Um, Once you get into VR in it, though, you might think differently. Possibly, Once you find yourself yeah. in that world, you'll find anything probably scary in there. Probably, probably. Um, as long as they, they never make like the first game for it, I'll, then no. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I thought it looked really good. Um, so I think the next game we got um, is. The Walking Dead, Sinners and Saints, Chapter 2, and Retribution. Saints and Sinners. Oh, the Saints and Sinners, sorry. I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> Do apologise. Um, it's one of them. It's, it's one of them. Um, I've heard that the first game is actually one of the better VR games. Yeah, I've heard it's quite popular. Um, I've heard it's, you know, it is a really good game. So I'd definitely like to give this one a try, I think. Um Looks decent. I don't know much about what's actually going on in the game, other than it seems like one person's overruling this little city thing. Yeah, I, I like how uh, I like how it looks like you can um, create custom weapons, perhaps, because it's like you get like pipes with um, like the saw blades on them or something like that. I think there was. Yeah, that did feel a lot like uh, Dead Rising back in the day. Like, making all the crazy weapons. Yeah. Uh, plus, you got a chainsaw, a chainsaw in it, so that's always fun. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, key, key thing I noticed in this trailer, out of the other four VR trailers, or out of the four VR trailers, was that we actually had some form of date in this one. I did mention it was coming out in 2022. Which could be a decent hint at maybe VR two this year, perhaps. Holiday twenty twenty two. I mean, fingers crossed. Like, I've I've got a voucher that I could use. <laughs> that I want to use for it. So. <laughs> like I um, last time. <laughs> this is also coming out for the PSVR one as well. So oh, is it? Uh, it could be that it comes out for that first, and then we'd be looking maybe Q one twenty twenty three. Yeah, sorry, Matt. I shot him down there. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was on something there. But, um, hey, you might be. You never know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next game was No Man's Sky. Uh, that's coming to VR too. Um, not played that in VR at all, but I've heard good things. Uh, in my experience, I didn't like it in VR. Well, you don't like a lot of things, so. Well, okay, fair comment, but in this instance. Nah, that's... What, what, what was your experience? Was it just a bit? It was the flying that I trouble with. 
flying the aircraft. It was, I kept just going straight upwards. I, I couldn't, oh. really, yeah, I was struggling to control it. It's, but that might have been an issue with the tracking. I don't know. Maybe that's just a little, yeah, like I said, it. it could be tracking thing, perhaps. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have a great time with it. Maybe, maybe this might be different. Who knows? Could be. Well, if the tracking is better, I might have a better time with it. So. Yeah. Um, and then the last game, we got a, a much longer look at the Horizon VR game, uh, Call of the Mountain. Mm. Um, very pretty. Oh, I will say, it was definitely like the prettiest looking VR game I saw out of the four. Um, this is probably like the, like the showcase one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I liked the interaction with the foliage. Like, I know it was like the smallest bit, but like being able to like move, yeah, branch. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, I quite like that interaction. They, they really thought about a lot of how the world interacts with you and VR and stuff. Um, I can tell the combat is slowed down on purpose, which I imagine it has to for VR. Like, could you imagine playing? Forbidden West in VR, like doing the rolls and all sorts. You'd be like, absolutely. Just take this the VR headset off of your living room, smashed up. Yeah, you know, like try to do a, a forward roll in like, fall, I'd be like falling down my stairs at some point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, no uh, offense, but if you'd live streamed that, I'd watch it. I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, but no, it looks good. Um, I like, uh, there's a, explorability about it it feels like you, you'd be doing a lot of like climbing um using the grapple not grapple hook but well they had like climaxes didn't they yeah that's what i was thinking I was, it was very tomb raider yeah yeah although i didn't i understand the bit where he's like he's, he's wrapping the rope around one i was like you'd have yeah. thought that would already be on there why are we doing this but i'm sure there'll be an explanation in the game about it Swimming as well. Yeah, swimming looked cool. Um, not looking forward to getting snapped by a snapmar in, in the. In yeah, because the, the snapmars come under your rowing belt. Yeah, not. But yeah, I look forward to that bit. <laughs> I know we spoke about Lady D being tall, but the first time I get to see a, like a tall neck in VR, I think that's going to be fantastic. Mm. I looked impressive actually. And it stands on you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, this is great! <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Well, that's what the machine did towards the end, wasn't it? Did I get this right? Like, like you're, you play a character called Reyes, I think. Yeah, I think yeah an ex-Shadow Carger agent, weren't he? And I, I heard that you, you will actually see Aloy's part of the adventure as well. So they've got okay. her in there. I'm surprised if you didn't. Mm. I'd have thought you wouldn't need to, though, because it'd be like it's, it's telling its own part of the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can keep it away from Aloy. Yeah, but you want to see Aloy, don't you? Come on. I mean, I'd rather play as Aloy. I think that'd be better. Well, but, um, well she's already had a game this year, hasn't she? So. Well, she needs a VR one, so. Um, <laughs> I don't... Was there a day on that one? I couldn't recall. Mm, don't think so. No. no, not on that one. Okay. Um, and that was it for the VR section. Um, although that swiftly moved from... Horizon VR straight into an update for Forbidden West. Um, yeah. It's going to be the new Game Plus update. So you'll have options to play New Game Plus where you uh, play the game again, but with all your end game 
uh, equipment and stuff. Um, I think you were able to change outfits as well, although I... Transmog. Yeah. Oh, Transmog, would that be to... You'd be able to fit... Um, what were they? They were in, like, the first game. You could add, like, attributes to the outfits, couldn't you, or something like that? I can't quite remember. But, anyway. Um, you can also um, respend your... Research skill points, yeah, skill yeah, points. Yeah. Sorry. Do that. There's a ultra hard mode, which nah, I'm sure yeah, I'm, I'm would good. love to. <laughs> yeah. It were uh, it were difficult enough on normal. Never mind hard mode, super hard mode. Uh, yep. So there's that, um, and there's also going to be um, new weapon trophies as well for new game plus. I think I think it was mentioned smart. Oh, also. Um, Improved performance as well. And that was the first thing we showed off. Increased fidelity. Yeah, they're going to have a 40 frame per second option for the performance mode. 40? Instead of 30. Interesting. Um, I think that was it. And that is out, well, now. Now, yeah, yeah. So if you want to try all that, you can do. I did wonder why we're getting like a download... While the event was going on. And that was it. That was all that. Uh, what was next, lads? Spider-Man coming to PC. Yeah. Mm. Now, was this both of them? Yeah, it is. So, I was. I think it's mentioned in the PlayStation blog that eventually um, Miles Morales will also be coming. I don't think it's on the same date, but... That's August 12th, I believe. Mm. I mean, it's good for cool. those who haven't played it. They've got PCs. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I already played it. But no, nice addition. I replied to it twice. <laughs> Alright, show off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you well, know while the... No, go on. I was no, going to say, while the trail was going on, because we'd just come off the back of the VR stuff, I was like, this would be amazing in VR, if they did Spider-Man in VR. I mean, yeah, like, swinging on buildings, you'd, like, throw up pretty much instantly. Yeah. But it'd still be cool. It would be cool, yeah. Until you swing into a building, and then it's <laughs> anyway. But the big game is the next one. Game of the year. Yep. Stray. I so... felt I felt so sorry for the the cat near the beginning of the game because everyone running away from it. Like, what's that cat yeah. done to you? Well, the robots. It... Yeah. It pushed an alarm, didn't it? And then ran off. It's like, mm. well, what are you doing that for? Well. So what, did, what can we deduce from this? So you control a cat. That's walking, all you need to know. You're walking down some back streets. The world's populated by robots. Mm-hmm. You appear to have some sort of drone with you that communicates. Um, from what Something I understood, like it could be some sort of like drone detective. It seemed like a something to do with police. I don't know. It was an investigative. Okay. From what I could tell. You could hide in a cardboard box. Yep. Very, yeah, very that's where, like, the stealth elements came in. I was saying, where's, where's Mel Gasol come from, officer? <laughs> and then you got chased by hovering drones and weird robot rat things? What were they? I don't know well, what they were. Bugs. Well, like bugs to me. I thought they were rats. Things, though. Yeah. And it will be available on PS Plus and Extra uh, and, and Premium at launch. 
which yeah. is July the 19th. I yep. didn't think it were coming that quickly. I'm really excited now. Mm. It's just over a month away. Is that a what? First day purchase? I think it's got to Depends be. Depends on. <laughs> Might be a second day purchase. I don't know. See what the reviews are first. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's good for uh, PS Premium and Deluxe members that they'll get it free of charge on release. He's kind of trying to keep up in somewhat with the. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say the Battle Pass. <laughs> the, yeah. the, um, the Battle Pass. <laughs> the Game Pass, yeah. This is the first game that's been announced in, in such a way. Yeah. It's going to be an extreme premium. Yeah, it's the first mm. first one where if you've got... Um, is it extra premium yes, or extra deluxe? Premium. It doesn't mention deluxe. It just says I'm extra premium. I'm sure I saw deluxe when I was doing it. That's a bit. I don't know. You get it for free. But what a corker to start off with. Well, you don't get it for free. In Part a strange way you do. <laughs> there you go. Okay, right. Next game. The Callisto Protocol. It's a game now, for you, isn't it, Mark? For the entire duration of this, did anybody else just think this is Dead Space 2? I did think it was very Dead Spacey. Definitely where, like, creatures start splitting off from each other and... So, I, until we got to the title, I didn't... I, I No, I, I just assumed it was Dead Space. So it's just mm. exactly the same. And then I read up on it afterwards, and it turns out, it turns out it's actually from the same creator as Dead Space. <laughs> So that's yeah, exactly. it all. like part of the original team. Yeah. So. But I would have thought the money is something a bit different. You know, I'm not saying it. I'm sure it'll be good. Well, we've not had not a Dead Space for a while, so it's probably scratching that itch for people who want a more modern version, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. then there's going to be a remake. Yeah, I think they're trying to get in there first, potentially. Well, it will be. Did... Yeah, because it's going to be out in the second. December. Yeah, yeah. We'll be out before Dead Space remake, so a lot of pressure there. But when's that? I don't know, but it's 2023 at least, so. Ah. This next one I found intriguing. Roller Drill. Hmm. Yeah. I liked the art style more than anything else. It did look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would... It reminded me of. Um, what's, that, what's that one that's come out that's got a very similar art style? That narrows it down. Um, <laughs> oh, it begins with yes. Um, Sabine or something like that. After researching. So when I saw this, I thought this was like some mass multiplayer shooter thing. Mm. And I read upon it. Uh, this is taken from the developer's website, Roll7. It says, Roller Jump is a single player, third person action shooter that seamlessly blends high octane combat with fluid motion to create an action experience like no other. Dominate with style and cinematic and visceral combat where kills net you health and pulling off tricks and grinds provide you ammunition. In this adrenaline-pumping action shooter, the year is 2030. In a world where corporations rule and the lines between reality and performance are blurred, the public are kept distracted by the violence and excess of a brutal new blood sport, Roller Drone. Will you have what it takes to become the Roller Drone champion and unravel the mysteries behind the Matterhorn Corporation's true intentions? I'm getting rollerball meets the running man vibes from this. <laughs> yeah. But oh. but as soon as I saw it was a single player, I thought, oh, actually, I'm interested now. I just, I, I honestly just thought it was some mass multiplayer thing. Well, it did look Completely like that. If... Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, nah, I'm not playing. And then I read that, I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm playing this. <laughs> uh, people, some people online have been calling it Jet Set Radio with guns. 
Yes, I've, I've, never, I've, I've never played Jet Set Radio, so I don't know. I was thinking very like Tony Hawk meets Borderlands. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I'll be down for that. And that's uh, <laughs> was that August the sixteenth. Hmm. Well, that is the next one then. Etta Nights, our early 2023 action dating sim. That is all. Yeah, action game and dating sims collide in Eternites. That's what the voiceover said at the end. And a lot of, obviously, the uh, the meme that's going around. It's like. I want to hold hands. Yes, press press L2 to hold hands. R2. Oh, no, oh, sorry, R2. <laughs> yep. You're yeah, right. Got to be the right hand. Yep. What about uh, you left-handed people out there? Well, me. Yeah. They see the lefters. Sorry, you're left-handed. Yeah, we're only 5% of the population. It's fine. Anyway, I don't care about this. Yeah, me neither. Oh, I'll keep my... Ma- mask it on pre-order, you can tell. I like anime-style games. It looks intriguing. I've heard about... I've heard about games where they, they mash dating sims with other genres before and have been strangely successful. It's, it's Japanese, isn't it? Of course it's successful. It's a dating okay, well, sim. At one point, the guy's hand turned into an octopus, so they know where their you know, priorities rely. Oh, God. <laughs> they know their core audience. So. I'm not saying anything. Okay. <laughs> Next game. Ooh, my kind of game. Street Fighter 6. With a new logo. Yeah, the MG yes. logo. Yes. M- much improved logo. I'll give them that. They actually, actually looks kind of cool this time around. So. Did this have... <clears throat> did this have some sort of open world kind of thing to it? This guy walking around. Yeah, there was like an overworld to it that looked fairly interesting. It looks like you could just go and challenge people to fights by the looks of it. Um, so... Reading this upon... Because it's called Street Fighter for a reason. I can't remember. Someone on the street uh, and whack them. I can't remember if I saw this on the PlayStation blog or it might have been on Street Fighter's um, website themselves, but <clears throat> they've got a new mode um, in there called World Tour, which is what that is. So it's a, it's a single-player campaign where you get to walk around the streets of Metro C as a custom-created character. I think what you do is you go around exploring, um, meet up with some of the, you know, actual uh, street fighters. Um, and I think you can sort of challenge them to learn sort of their moves and whatnot. Um, and then you can just challenge other people around the street and stuff. Um, looked intriguing enough because it's very different for the street fighter. So. Actually, kind of, I, I like the look of the sea as well. It looks very detailed. It did, yeah. <clears throat> I thought the combat looked fantastic, though. When they got into the actual fighting bits, I thought it did look really good. Very colourful. They've they've gone down like a um, almost like a hip hop route with the music as well. Mm, yeah. Um, so I think we we saw we saw more of Luke, um, who was introduced in Street Fighter Five as like the future of Street Fighter. Um, we saw a new character called Jamie, who appears to be like a drunken martial arts character. It's like he's based off the, the, it was the, the Jackie Chan film. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, look pretty cool. Likes to kick a lot. Um, then we got updated looks for, 
Ryu, um, who's now gone full sexy Ryu with a beard and, uh, and, um, like a, a sash. Is that what you call it? I don't know. I don't remember what he looked some, like. It was some, oh, yeah. like a cloak kind of thing. Um, and then an updated look as well at Chun Li, who has now covered her legs up. So, um, looks a lot, actually, it looks a lot more like her actual, what's the word I'm looking for? Where she's born. Mm. Chinese. She actually looks Chinese. Uh, okay. Well, I was just laughing. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's just her design. She looks a lot more elegant at this time around. Um, but yeah, the, the fine stuff looks, looks really cool. Uh, I was actually reading up, um, a lot of, uh, what's actually, what they're actually doing this time around with the game. So there's a lot of what's called drive arts, which you can use, you can sort of spend points to do certain things, either offensive or defensively. Like they've got like a parry system in this, which uses up those points. Um, and then you saw, very quick glimpses of um, their super arts, so like their kind of super moves that they do, Chun Li having their kicks, um, Ryu going for his um, Shin Shoyuken, um, Jamie with his MMA background, and Jamie um, about to murder Luke, who looks like him, with the um, claw around his neck. I was like, oh god, <clears throat> it's turning to more combat all of a sudden. Um, and after that, we got a quick glimpse at the online hub thing, which looks like you'll have your creative character and you'll be able to walk around this hub and do some stuff. Um, I did watch a, a YouTuber that followed someone who like, he, he was like breaking down everything that was in this hub. And this was like, it looks as though there's some gaming cabinets in this hub that's got like old Street Fighter games that you'll be able to play while you're waiting. Okay. Which sounds cool. Um, also, um, unfortunately for Capcom, as it kind of happens nowadays, um, there was a leak of the full roster that's coming to Street Fighter VI. Um, and sort of their core designs and how they're going to look. Um, I'm not going to say much here because I don't know legality wise what we can and can't say, but the YouTube that I was watching again, who's doing the breakdown of the online hope, noticed a screen of like, um, like a, you know, like the knockout rounds, you will see fighters lined up in one half and then other half you've got other fighters. And there was a list of names there of fighters that haven't been announced yet, which I suppose we could sort of say who they are, because technically Capcom has released it. Um, so there's going to be still fires like um, Giles coming back, E Honda, um, Ken, Cami, uh, oh, no, Dalshim. Dal I'm always happy with Cami. Um, and there's there's quite there's, there's a couple of new fighting names as well um, that I'm not recognised. I can't remember at this moment in time because I've not written down. Question is, how many of these are going to be DLC? Well, I don't know. So far out of the list that we spotted, there was at least 14 names. So I think at least base-wise, you know, the base game will have at least 14. 
because I have noticed that these types of games now are always <laughs> about buying characters as DLCs. Tekken's well, done it. Mortal Kombat's done it. Yeah, I was going to say that's what yeah, we had to do with Tekken 7. Yeah. You got your small... It's make money. And then Street Fighter 5 did the same thing with its season pass. So I think I know what's going to happen. NFT purchase. No, no, stop, stop. Right, uh, yeah. moving on from Street Fighter 6 at this point. Yeah. June. June. It now. Um, right, what do we have for that? Oh, yeah, June. June, as you mentioned. Um, I really want to play the game. I really like the look of it. Uh, what is it? So is, it, is it an isometric platform game? To me, it seems a bit like Hades with exploration elements. It reminds me more of like old school Zelda games. Like you probably like go to dungeons, get equipment, be the bosses, all that kind of stuff. But it just looks pretty. <laughs> uh, not for me. No, I don't, it's not pretty. It looks, looks pretty enough, but it's not a game for me. Fair enough. I wasn't intrigued by the next one, though. Mm, I'm yeah. really interested in this one. So, Season, A Letter to the Future. It's been reading upon the PlayStation blog here. It says, uh, the gameplay of Season, of Season, A Letter to the Future focuses on exploring, recording, meeting people, and unraveling the strange world around you. At any point, you can hop off your bike and equip a tool from your bag. Each captures a different layer, sounds and music, art and architecture, voices of old people, vanishing religious practices, the traces of Caesar's long past. Your tools help you peel back these layers until you're able to grasp the culture, history and ecology underneath everything. Sounds original. It does, mm. yeah. It's one that got my attention as well. In comparison to everything else, it just... It seems like one of the more relaxing games where you've got all these like fighting games, action games. This is just a bit of a, a step back and a bit more of an experience for me. Mm. It's got uh, haptic feedback as well. Mm. I wonder if you'll be able to like feel the different sounds and stuff. That'd be cool. I'm sure you will. I mean, if that's basically what the story's about. Well, there's something about um, it was like uncovering what could be. Possibly end like it sounded a bit um, like end of the world once the season ended or something like that. Like you had to discover what sort of the secret behind it and how to like save everyone or something. But uh, oh, that's why I understood from sort of what some of the people were saying in the trailer. Hmm, possibly. Well, we'll see how that later. <clears throat> uh, was they released on that? They just said no. autumn 2022 on that one. Yeah. Close enough. Keep an eye on that one. Then we get to the final game. Well, final indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a final, isn't it? Final Fantasy Roman numeral 16. That's the one. Let's <laughs> <laughs> recall which that's one. That's the new title. There's an X and a Roman B. Numeral. I'm just going to have to start writing numbers. <laughs> uh, I'm not a Final Fantasy person, but does this interest... What's, what's your thoughts? Um, for me personally, I think it looks wicked. Um, okay. Very. It's almost taken like they've taken Final Fantasy onto like an epic scale this time around. Like it seems as though that you've got your usual Final Fantasy story of like there's something ending the world. You you are the person of fate the to stop it or something like that. As I think it was announced towards the end of the trailer, like. Awaken 
Child of Fate, I think, I think it was uh, the words. Um, and it, the story seems to involve a lot more kind of traditional medieval kind of stuff, like there's kingdoms going on, an empire needs to survive and, and whatnot, and we'll do whatever it takes. Um, Fighting style-wise, it seems a massive departure from anything I've seen for Final Fantasy. It reminds me more of some like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta than an actual Final Fantasy. Um, which actually probably makes sense because I think the person who's actually working on it, who's known as the the combat um, director, has actually worked on Devil May Cry 5. Um, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for some reason. Thrown in there. Um, but combat looks really cool. Um, it seems as though you'll be... I think you'll just be playing this as one guy, but you'd be swapping between borrowing the summoner's the summon's powers, because I was noticing in um, some of the fighting scenes, um, in the top left there was like a symbol of one of the summons, and then suddenly you can change it using L2 or something, and you'd have like different powers on the... that would display in the bottom right, which was like your triangle, X, circle, square powers. And then... Um, Along with that, it looks, like, it looks as though the you'll have like summon battles as well. Like you saw stuff like um, a phoenix fighting Ifrif as well. Um, <clears throat> I think Time was fighting someone else. Um, it looks very grandiosious, as as a word, I suppose. Uh, I was I was actually I quite like the music that went into it, especially towards the end. I don't know why. Singing all of the summons' names in a orchestra would would get you hyped, but like I don't know why, but it did for me. So I don't know. It'll, it'll definitely be one game I'll keep my own. It looks a lot. It looks better than what it did the first time around when they showed it off at least. So I don't know about anyone else who's not bothered about Final Fantasy what they <laughs> they thought about it. To be honest, I just thought it looked a little bit like Final Fantasy meets Elden Ring. But yeah, for that, um, to be honest, I'm not really a Final Fantasy fan myself, so I didn't really pique yeah. my interest as much. For me, the state of play was all about Stray, and I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Although, honourable mentions to Roller Drum and Season of Letters to the Future for me. I think they're the other two I'm going to be hmm. keeping a watch on. Yeah, um... Obviously, for me, I think this is this is probably like the best state of play that I could ever have. I easily, this is the best state of play for me. So, um, Resident Evil 4, um, Final Fantasy, Stray as well. I'm definitely keeping that on Stray. Right, shall we move on to other things? <laughs> yes, I think uh, I think we've talked enough about state of play. <laughs> okay, so shall we turn to um, the whole Activision thing? So, you know, Raven. Oh, um, yeah, Raven Software. Yes. So, Jason Schreier of Bloomberg tweeted this. Uh, it says, it's now official. Testers at Activision-owned Raven Software have voted to form the U.S. video game industry's first major union. There were 19 votes for and three votes against. Who on earth were the pe- three people who voted against? I don't know, but name a shame. Uh, uh, next, this group of Raven testers will set out to negotiate a contract with Activision. Based on how Activision has reacted to Raven's union efforts so far, safe to say the coming negotiations will neither be short nor easy. I mean, Activision have had it coming, haven't they? Yeah. 
just wish the union all the best. It, it's, it's hopefully this will kick off something, won't it? Like this this will be the catalyst to bigger things. Yeah, there's more of a wider industry thing. Yeah, something's going to happen. I think it's there's a bit of a cultural issue though because in America definitely whenever when anyone starts to unionize it's all oh it's all everything's becoming socialist and all that kind I'm going to swear them but it's not it's about protecting people and making sure there's a body there in case something does go wrong that you get the support that you need as an employee yeah hmm. I don't know why anybody would ever be against it but people will, some people will be people will. But yeah, that's good. Did I did I read correctly as well that once the um, Microsoft deal has gone through and is confirmed, that they're going to continue to recognise the union as well? Yes, they said they have. Yeah, that's which good. I it's not not a surprise. No, we've well, got you got big lad Phil at the top. Big lad, I would, ex- I would expect that. Yeah, it'll, it'll make sure. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, Xbox is going to have a June update, and as part of the update, it's going to reveal secret achievement information. So, as a 15-year-old, when games had secret achievements, you had to like go online and find information that way to try and kind of well get the achievement and the gamer score. Um, but now there's going to be a mechanic in place where, when you're in the middle of playing the game, um, you can go to the game activity section and achievements. And then from there, you'll have a like a see secret achievement option. And then that'll reveal details like the title, the achievement description, and then how much gamer score you get as well. And then after you've looked at that, then you'll be able to choose whether you want to hide it again or keep it available. So that'll kind of stop people from having to go and scour information on websites because you'll have this inbuilt mechanic now where you can actually see the information. I mean, in a way, it'll take the fun away from it a bit, but... I think it's it's good. It's voluntary though, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. If you do want to kind of spoil it for yourself a bit, then you can and have a look at it. But like, if not, then as you were, really. It's strange how um, it's taken Microsoft quite a bit of time to actually implement this because Sony had it um, in for when the PS5 came out, didn't it? You're able to see what what the. I thought they had it before that. I thought it was on PS4. It was on PS4 as well. I thought it was. Like, go on, you just, like, you just press square and it just shows you. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, it hides, its, hides it back, doesn't it, once you've seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's <clears> good <throat> for those who want to do that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm just upset that they didn't do it 15 years ago. Not going to lie. But... <laughs> At least I've never paid attention to GameScore. It's all about the trophies on PlayStation for me. GameScore doesn't really reach much to me. I don't really know how it works, to be honest. Yeah. I've never really focused on it. I mean, the way the gamer score works is for you get different levels of gamer score depending on the achievement that you unlock. So yeah. definitely early on in the 360 days, you could get a thousand gamer score easily. But now there's just so many little nuances to the achievement system. That What's that mean? Cause it's, it's, to me, that, so it, it's, it's all that large status. number. That's it. Yeah, that's bragging it. rights. It's just that's number, bragging that's rights. Yeah. yeah. No, but when, when you talk about trophies, you can say I've got this many trophies. But it's the same gamer game score. I've got this much gamer score. Yeah, I've got like 540 out of 1,000. That, that's it. It's, it's pretty much just <laughs> the, numbers. the equivalent of trophies. Okay, but just a number. Okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get anything for it. It's just 
you'll have more gamer score than your friend, and obviously because of that, you're a better gamer than them. And that's, that's it. Sorry, Mark, you're you're already like a higher level than me and Nathan combined on PlayStation, so Xbox. <laughs> Way oh down. yeah, Xbox. Way I'll, down. I'll be able to have a higher gamer score than you. And I think on Nintendo, we've all got the same zero. It's not about achievements, it's about the journey. No, That's it's about the achievements. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want the trophies. Give me the trophies. Well, I clicked a button for an hour just to get a platinum, so I can't say anything. Yeah, well, you got it, didn't you? So, you know. That's it. Bragging rights. No, don't, don't, don't encourage him. He just needs to get the follow-up now. That's it. No. Yeah. I'll wait for my He's name to get three. Yeah. He's got the first one. He could get three easy platinums. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I might even do it now. Oh, no. Don't do it, Mark. <laughs> Please. I beg of you. It's just such a waste of life. Well, it's not when you get a platinum at the end, is it? You know. You get some of it out of it. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent here. Yeah. <laughs> shall, we, uh, shall we move this over to Nintendo a little bit? Because um, there was a new trailer come out for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure myself and Nathan watched this trailer and marked him. So um, what do we learn from the new trailer? Uh, we got a release date. We did get a release date. Uh, I don't have I don't have that written down, but I'm sure you do. I do. The 18th of November. I think they just released a Pokemon game. Not by being. Yeah, but that was a spin-off. Nonsense. Yeah, that wasn't a mainline Pokemon game. Yeah. When was the last mainline Pokemon game? Two years ago? Three years ago? It's a while ago. I think it was about three years ago for Sword and Shield, weren't it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, because this year is Arceus and Gen 9. Last year was the Diamond and Pearl remake. Maybe that's what I'm confused with. And then the was it the year before that? Let's go Eevee and Pikachu. Oh no, no they came out before. Sword no, and it was it was the DLC for I think that came out. Oh yeah, the so Isle of It's 2019. So what's this one about then? <clears throat> um, so we don't really have much story wise. Um, we got to see. Um, the professors of the game. Yeah. Which for so a series. That's... Oh, sorry. It's gone, gone, Matt. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say it's a series first. That both versions are gonna have two professors, one one for each game. Um, so we do have for Scarlet Professor Sada, I believe I believe she's called. Um, and then for Violet we're gonna have Professor Turo. Also, first for the series, both names don't have any links to anything flower-based, funnily enough. Yeah. I don't know why that's a fact, but it is. Um, <clears throat> so along with that, we got to see what appears to be four-player co-op. Yeah, that looks interesting, that's how that's going to work, because it seems like the trainers could meet up, and then it'd be good if you could like travel together and catch Pokemon together. Well, I think, I think that's what they've implied. That is, I mean, it's going to be entirely open world. So, I think like you can join in with three other friends, and all of you can just wander off and do what you want. Basically, um, mm-hmm. you're not tied to anyone. Um, 
I think it was also mentioned as well that the story is not linear this time, so you can actually do things in your own order. So I'm assuming with like the gyms. Um, what I'm kind of hoping is that it's going to be fairly free form and that like you can go to any gym and depending on who, who you picked first, they'll be leveled specifically as like the first gym and then it'll just sort of carry on. It's not like each gym has is restricted to a level, perhaps. And that'd be, that could be interesting. Um, just, I mean, just that's under gyms. Yeah, they looked a bit. They looked a bit like um, the sword and shield gyms, like more of an arena kind of setting. Mm. I did read somewhere that apparently um, they look they look almost set up like um, like Formula One tracks. Um, although that's, that's reported on IGN, like they they've spotted certain stuff and certain designs of monsters that give a very kind of race feel to it. Um, so we got that four player co-op and it's cool. Um, we saw three new Pokemon, um, which one has already stormed the internet. Yeah. Uh, Lechonk. Lechonk. Um, a little, little pig Pokemon. Um, I think it's normal type. I could be wrong. Um, yeah. It looks like if it evolves, it'll go to like more of a dark type though. That's what I'm or, or maybe a fire type. We've, uh, we've seen fire pigs before. Um, we've also got Pormy, um, a little kind of, I don't know, a little, a little like, a, like a dog, perhaps, or like a, a puppy kind of Pokemon. Um, looks to be electric type. Um, and then we also small, saw Smoliv, I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Um, a small olive looking grass type Pokemon. You know, gotta have that kind of Spanish. Spent all day trying to come up with that name, didn't they? Yep. Smoliv. Smoliv. Yeah. They've just got a name generator that they use to slap on these Pokemon designs. Yep. Um, I think that was mostly it. We we still didn't get much story-wise other than they does appear to be like two rival schools, perhaps. <coughs> we did get a quick look at the trading system as well. Yeah. And obviously we, we saw a lot of confirmation of like returning Pokemon. Um, things like Levitar, um, oh, the first evolution of Garchomp, uh, Garchomp. I forgot what, what the little guy's name is. Um, Gabite. And that's the second one. <clears throat> we'll find out eventually. Gable. That's Gibble. the first. That that's like the first, first level, first level, yeah. iteration. Those Gibble, are the two Gibble, in the, yeah, in the trading animation that we're doing. Uh, there's some others. Um, obviously, Pikachu. Um, from what I've heard, the, for the first time since Gold and Silver, Venonat's in it, which mm. surprised me. I was like, wow. Just did that one that long, Yeah, it'll be that long since Venonat's been in. Um, there's some others as well. I, I didn't write them down. They kind of went pretty quickly by. Um, I remember the turtle from Sword and Shield was in it as well. Um, and then by the end of it, we got a pre-rendered, uh, scene, um, showing off the two legendaries that are going to be in the, in this game. Yeah. 
before I knew the names, I wrote down what I'd have called them. Okay. So I'm intrigued. The one with like the jets on it. That one was called Snake Jet. Well, just um, in the just in the name, I'll try and describe it because I've not seen them. Who just the, said Snake Jet? Snake <laughs> Jet. Yep. What have you called the other one? Dragon Iguana. Oh, well, there's not much I can say about I, that. I think you've already <laughs> kind of described what they The Guana spews fire. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, anyway, no, I don't think we know what their types are. Oh, no, we've well, not been given types yet. They're probably going to be dragons, aren't we? They're always dragons. They, they always seem to be dragons. Um, so their actual names, um, which Nathan was miles off, um, is Goredon, um, Goredon and Muradon. Uh, so one does look it there seems to be some sort of theme as well um between these two between scarlet and violet so um goradon is will be the scarlet's uh legendary pokemon and uh miradon is violet's but there seems to be a distinct design between both sets of teams now so it looks like the orange team in scarlet is going to have a very prehistoric vibe to it whereas in violet um the i suppose blueberry look team school is gonna have a very futuristic look to it because both legendaries had like a prehistoric and future difference going on well that's one thing we found out about the uh, professors so one of them's going to focus on the past and another one the future so that'll tie in yeah very intriguing that they're doing this type of stuff for Pokemon. Um, but as Nathan posts a, uh, an image of, of what they look, uh, which is for Mark's benefit, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm not looking at it because it still has my PC, though. So. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much as, as much as we, we knew. Um, it does seem to be as well. They do seem to be dart around the world there's gonna be these like hub areas that we sort of saw do you know um when they were doing the trading part it looks as though they were stood near like a hub thing maybe that's where a lot of like the co-op stuff will be done perhaps yeah um just one thing i noticed that i really like the design of the uh, <coughs> pokemon centers because they look like petrol stations like outdoor petrol stations like and that's what i was talking about yeah um I mean, I don't, maybe that, that's it, maybe there's, there's some sort of racing theme to it as well, perhaps, because of the designs of the Pokemon, it looks as though they had, like, sort of wheels on them. Mm. Very odd. Well, uh, that's one thing, I'm just taking a bike in around, let's get a car and drive around. Well, it's going to be region. more bikes, at least, so, riding the legendaries. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that was, that was pretty much it for Pokemon. Yeah. Um... So going on from there as well, we did get a a first look at gameplay um, for Sonic Frontiers that got kind of <laughs> slapped in between <laughs> Pokemon and State of Play very, how can we say this, unfortunately. Well, let's face it, it would have been quite unfortunate regardless <clears throat> of when it was slapped. Yeah, I was going to say that's not the problem. So. It could be, I suppose. Um if you can't tell from perhaps how we're talking about it, uh, it's not looking good. Um, no, it ain't. It's not looking good. No, it ain't. To the point 
that um, I think on Twitter there was the hashtag delay Sonic Frontiers going trending. Um, <sighs> you did it for the film, do it for this. Yeah. The I, only way that hashtag save Sonic. I think the only way that this could have made this worse is if they put the original Sonic the Hedgehog film render into the game. That would be hilarious. Ugly Sonic. Horrible. Ugly, ugly Sonic. Sonic. As we, as we established, yeah. <clears throat> Probably make it more horrible and we know why Sonic doesn't go so fast. Um, yeah. What was all? What was that trailer about? I, what was happening? There were just no aim to it. I know it was a show-off of the gameplay. We got about seven minutes of it, but... The frame rate didn't look good. It had rendering issues. What was all the floaty stuff? Yeah. It's really odd. There was one bit when he was like running up a kind of a building and then yeah. he just kind of stopped for a few seconds and were like, this is not fast. And the one thing I took out of this is that Sonic can get outpaced by an eagle. That eagle were on his tail all the time. It's supposed to be the fastest hey. thing in the universe. <clears throat> hey. There was just no direction to what they were showing. You know, the world no... seems a bit lifeless as well. <clears throat> there's no explanation um, to what was going on, really, which is which is unfortunate because it's like if if there was if this was an actual proper trailer where it was like, okay, we get a bit of the story, maybe an explanation of, okay, this is why the world's empty, this is why things are floating or something, you know, just yeah. just explain why the world is how it is. Yeah, I think it would have been taken a little bit better, but I just the, I understood it was, it was it was a show off of gameplay, some of the stuff that you'd be doing in the world. It's very you know open world, running around. That part was all right. That was fine. Um, I mean, the the location itself it did look really nice. They, they were um, a bit like where we were near a waterfall. That looked pretty cool. And there's loads of points where you could like run and grind across. Yeah, there's a lot and of like, can... grinding points, which, I mean, that's that's kind of modern Sonic at this point. There's a lot yeah. of grinding parts to it. I mean, when you get a flow going, I can <coughs> imagine that'll be really fun, like going across them. Yeah, um, it's just and the then... the sense of speed just wasn't there, especially when he was like you would think going down downhill, Sonic would sort of speed up or something. But there doesn't seem to be any real physics to it. It felt very floaty. It's just, it's just disappointing. I don't know what they can do with this. Um, when's it supposed to come out? It's in about six months, I think. Is it? Yeah. Just, um, it's, it, no, it's, it's going to get a bad rap if it comes out then. I can't see yeah. how they can fix it in that time. No, I think it, it does need lane. I think it needs to go into. It's 2023, unfortunately. Um, which, which is a bit sad because I've heard as well. I think there was a report that the Sega devs were aiming for like a high 80, early 90 review score for Mercury. Well, it's still like, time. It's still time. I mean, yeah, just delay it. Delay it. Work on it a bit more. Uh, and maybe, you know. Maybe you might get there. Maybe they've saved themselves a lot of hassle by releasing <laughs> this now, so people can see it. Because if that, if you didn't see this and that came out in that state, boy, it would not be pretty. Maybe that was, maybe that was the point. Maybe you know, we'll throw this out there, get public reception. If it's bad, yeah. we know. Okay, we need to delay this. We need to work on it. Um, some of the combat stuff seemed fine. 
um, from the little, do you know, so there is like a 30 second teaser in there before this. I was happy from like what I saw on that. Okay, you know, combat looks pretty decent. Um, you'll be doing Sonic things, which seems cool. It's like there's like a whirlwind move that you'll be doing at some point that like, seems, you know, cool. And then they released this whole seven minute thing that didn't have that, and it was just like, what is going on? <laughs> the puzzles like, seem so simple as well. Um, from that yeah. side of things, like they just had to move a rock to open another location within the island, and then there was well, that just, one where yeah. you had to step on those um, platforms to kind of unlock. Was it Metro Life? I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it unlocked. It unlocked some sort of like fruit thing. Yeah. I was like, what's this all about? It's just like because there was no context to what you see, it was just like, what? What am I seeing? And I, I need an explanation of what's going on. <laughs> I think that's the main thing, context. If they did like some sort of like a voiceover explain what you were doing and why you were doing it, maybe it would have been received a lot better, but well, it's not the case, is it? Hmm. I mean, the potential is there, but yes, yeah, it's, it's not there yet. Bad, you want some more bad news? I don't know. Well, for those, for those on Stadia, and for those who play Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So, for the 12 people who've got it. Uh, Worth three of them. Well, Breakpoint or Stadia? Both. Uh, (laughs) This is from Twisted Voxel. It says, Google Stadia users had their saved game progress in Ghost Recon Breakpoint wiped away due to unknown reasons. The original user's profiles were deleted and the game ended up creating new profiles for those affected. Several of these players had invested many hours into the game and were therefore concerned about the fate of their save progress. Some users in the Stadia support thread have mentioned losing save files with up to 600 hours of playtime. Who the hell's putting 600 hours into Stadia? Oh boy, it's uh, not getting any better for Stadia, is it? Wow. I I feel bad for him. I were annoyed when I played 200 hours of Skyrim and my... PS3 yellow light of death and I lost everything. Never mind oh, 600 no. hours. <sighs> what? That's other good news. Oh. I was just going to say that's cloud gaming. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, other good news. Uh, John Madden is returning to the front cover of the next Madden game. Oh. After after 20 year absence because sadly he passed away last year. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but for like the first 12 games he was always on the cover and then it changed to like popular players at the time or when the game's released but no he's coming back onto it and it's sort of like a reimagining of the very first front cover there that's quite oh, nice no. he's like blossing through a wall yeah like, it always amuses me when to see that picture <laughs> sorry I, just, I, I I merely thought of something um, <clears throat> maybe not for this podcast so so did you know do you know when when they started having um, the popular players on the front cover Oh, the Madden you curse. Having, having the Madden curse. Yes, the Madden curse, yes. Yeah, and now it's, it's continued. <laughs> well, it's not really, because it already happened. It's not like they put it on, on cover last year's season, are they? Well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Because <laughs> that would have been bad. Well, mm, that, <laughs> I don't think it would have. Yeah, there does seem to be a history of uh, the Madden curse where like players would get injured when they end up on the cover. Bit mm. of a weird thing. But, but that is nice that he's been on that. Oh. I've, not, I've not bought an NFL game in quite a few years. Though. I, might, I might try that one. 
Shall we? Uh, shall we stick with uh, EA <clears throat> for a little bit? Ah. And what they've done now? Well, it's not what they've done. Oh, okay. It's more. Um, it's what they stand for. It's what they stand for. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 actually for something that we've probably talked about in the last. Oh, how many podcasts now? Maybe two, three. Um, but they finally come and actually confirmed it for once. So we are getting the sequel, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And it has been confirmed to be called Jedi Survivor. Um, I think they unveiled it at the, was it the Star Wars celebration? I think it was. Uh, yes, uh, I believe so, yeah. I believe so. Um, along with a little trailer with it. Um, which again, I suppose we all know we're going to be playing as Cal Kestis again in the, in the sequel. Um, appears to be, he might be in a bit of trouble, uh, according to the trailer. Um, seems as though the ship's in disarray in what the, the gang was in. Um, and I think you, you see in the trailer, he looks as though he's been hunted by some sort of Sith character. We don't get to see who it is. Seems to be in a cloak and whatnot. Um, but then we get an intriguing look at, um, some character in a back to tank that Cal's looking at. In some abandoned mm. um, facility, I think. Um, can't recognise who the character is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Someone in long white hair, look like Raiden from Elgi um, Solid too. Um, but no, it seems interesting. I think um, there was a, an official blurb that came out for it as well. That is, um, it's going to be set five years after. The end of Fallen Order, uh, where Cal's pretty much getting hunted down throughout the galaxy by the Empire. So he's to keep on moving, keep on, I suppose, hiding and surviving. Ha <laughs> ha. But no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think the first game was absolutely incredible. Really enjoyed it. Minus some enemies. Um, hopefully they don't come back. I think I just find it as a real surprise. It's like an EA Star Wars game, actually competent, actually a whole game. <laughs> Look, Battlefront Two eventually came good, all right? Eventually. Well, that, that's the thing. Eventually. Did. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, hopefully we get more, more as the uh, year goes by. Like, you want to talk about Sony Pictures? Oh. What are they doing? Yeah, so Sony Pictures have announced more gaming IPs that are coming to t- as TV series. So we already knew about the uh, the God of War series for Amazon, and that was reaffirmed. Uh, but it's also been revealed that Netflix will be producing a show based on the Horizon series. Mm. Interesting. So, so there's no information on what form that will take. I mean, a live action series would be quite insane, I would have thought. They'd have to have a ridiculous budget for that. Yeah, that's it. All the yep. CG they'd have to use for all the robots. Yeah. Let's build them all. Let's have practical effects. <laughs> I, I just thought, um, I don't know if maybe she might have been brought up before, but if they ever do, like, you know, they want an Aloy, um, I thought about the actress that played in Game of Thrones. Oh, I know you about her. Um, oh, what's her name? You know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think she should be pretty good as Aloy. Shuri had yeah. the look pretty much down in like in um, that series that's bit, anyway. That's a bit of sass. But that's not the only thing that's already announced. No. So finally, and perhaps most peculiar, there's apparently going to be a series based on Gran Turismo. What? How are they going to do that? Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work. <laughs> but yeah. In my head, I've just got like, you know, like cars, the Pixar <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be fast and furious, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's probably going to be something. I don't, I don't know how it works. Because it's not about um, characters, is it? It's about cars. So. Could do I like. Know, I don't know how you work it. Race rivals, perhaps? Well, in, in the latest Gran Turismo, they have tried to like shoehorn a story in. So they I could think. be using that as a basis. If that's the case, fair enough. But I don't know. That's just a really odd one. Yeah, it wouldn't be the top of the list, would it, if you were thinking which Sony IPs we're going to make into TV shows? Yeah. As long as but, there's nothing like uh, Need for Speed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's nothing wrong with the Need for Speed story. They made a I've film out of it. I've still not watched it. I heard it was terrible. It's got Hammer Paul in it, so that's a positive. Do like it. But, speaking of uh, films, gaming films... The Uncharted movie has uh, hit the 400 million globally figure. What? I don't know what I'm trying to say there. It's hit 400 million. It's hit 400 million worldwide. That's right. That what you said. Yeah. What you said. I mean, that's that's great for an average film. Uh, Well, would you like to know what are the highest grossing video game films of all time are? Go on then. This one goes up to 11. I don't know why there's 11 in this it's list. 11. There's 11 in this list. Right, what's, what's 11? Right. So, number 11. We have Tomb Raider from 2018. So, this is the Alicia uh, Vikander one. Uh, that's 274 million worldwide. Uh, number 10, we got Resident Evil Afterlife, uh, which is 300 million. Then, number 9, we've got Resident Evil The Final Chapter, which is 312 million. The break is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, which is 319 million. Number seven, Prince of Persia, The Signs of Time, which is 336 million. Uh, number six, The Angry Birds Movie, which is oh, 352 million. Movie. Yeah. Uh, number five, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is 386. That might increase, I don't know. It might still be available some places. Uh, number four, as we mentioned, Uncharted, which is 400 million. Number three is Rampage. 428 million. Uh, number two is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, 433. And with 439 million, any guesses what number one is? I would have said it'll be one of the Resident Evils. I can't think of what it would be. Wait, um, wait, no. Is it is it one of the Mortal Kombat's? And it's not one of the Resident Evils. Wow, no one of the Resident Even though it seems to be so popular, I do think it's a forgotten film. Oh, good, because I can't remember. It wouldn't be Mario, would it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I was just thinking... <laughs> Wait. No, it wouldn't have made that much. Assassin's Creed? Nope. Have we got multiple choice? <laughs> have we got multiple choice? Afraid <laughs> <laughs> not. Uh, forgotten. It's only about six years old. 
26 years old. Did they ever bring out that Call of Duty film? No, they were working on it. Right. <clears throat> I can't. Yes, yeah, it's, it's. Shall I put you out of your misery? Yeah. Go on, go on. It's Warcraft. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Warcraft. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no one remembers it. But, highest grossing gaming film of all time. How that much it. did it make? <laughs> it made 439 million. Not too shabby. Well, one of those games that you mentioned in that list of films, unfortunately, has some bad news again. Oh, uh, yeah. We found that uh, Ubisoft has delayed the remake of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, again. Oh, wow. um, now, now delisting the game completely. They do not have a target date for it. Um, apparently, at some point, they had... I don't know why they call this an FY23 release. I'm not sure what that means. Fiscal year? Is that what FY is? Oh, for? yeah. Could be, actually, now that you mention it. Um, but it's not targeting it anymore. So it just continues to get worse and worse for uh, the old prince. That well. Um, which, again, is disappointing, because, like, Sands of Time is one of my favourite classic you know, yeah, PS2 it games. Yeah, it is a great game. Um so see this just continuously falling down the pit of misery is uh, is not good. Shall we finish on something positive? Please. Go on, so Sega made an announcement. It's for the Sega Mega Drive Mini 2, which is on its oh, way. Wow. And apparently it will have 50 Mega Drive and Mega CD games included with it. Scheduled for release on October the 27th in Japan at a cost of 9,980 yen. Which is about $75. Which isn't too bad. That's not bad. But there's been no confirmation of a release in the West. Mm. So. Next year then. We'll see if we even get it. Are we going to get screwed out of something yet again? Probably. Possibly. Well, I've seen a list of some of the games that they're going to put on it. And it's just seen quite interesting. Whether our games will be different when it gets to us is another thing. If it gets to us. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I'm going to say yeah. you normally change it over for, like, PAL regions. Yeah. Some of the Sega CD games, though, were fairly interesting, because, well, without Sega CD, you wouldn't have been able to play them, and they are quite, well, fairly sought after among collectors, and because of that, they are expensive, so it'd be a cost-effective way to play them games. So the list I've got so far is um, Sliphead, um, Shining Force CD, Sonic CD, Mansion of Hidden Souls, Pop Full Mail, Virtua Racing, absolute classic, Bonanza Bros, Shining in the Darkness, never played that before, but uh, Shining Force, uh, sorry, Shining Force Thor 4, um, Thunder Force 4, um, and then that's all I've got so far, but I'm guessing they'll, well, there's going to be 50, isn't there, so I'm guessing we'll hear about them in due course. Was that all the CD games? No, so that's a mix of CD and Mega Drive. Okay. Cool. Still want the Mini Dreamcast, though. Are they ever going to do that? I mean, that's the dream. Indeed, yeah. (laughs) That is the dream. Cast. We'll have to just buy this and show our love for it so that they've got enough money to do the Mini Dreamcast. Didn't someone like tease it? Like it's possibly, oh, we possibly could do Dreamcast. One of Irops. Sega. 
I think someone teased it may it may happen, but who knows? They put all their eggs in this one now, anyway. So. <laughs> so they do the mini master system before that. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be against that. And I guess that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yep. Yeah, why not? Nathan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, go on then. I'll I'll kick you off. Not kick you off, but There's I'll kick you off. Anyway. Yes, revenge for saying you were going to kick me earlier. Anyway, Matt I digress. Does he? Yeah. Matt has all the power. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so, right, what have I been playing? So, I've been continuing my adventures on Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, so, I'm on chapter nine at the minute and I'm stuck on a particular fight. Now, me being me, the first thing I did was try to see if I could change the difficulty level to get through it, and I promptly found that there was no difficulty options, so that was out of the the way. The next thing I did, I tried to upgrade my weapons, and that didn't work. And then I did five hours of grinding and did the fight again, and somehow got worse. And then after that, Honestly, I was at my wit's end. I can't believe it. I, I must have ground for like half an afternoon. And I was hungover as well while we were doing it. And after that, I tried the fight again, and it just went absolutely terribly. Like, the, the final boss guy that I couldn't beat before was, like, still half his life. I was like, this is not happening. I've not spent all this time for nothing. Anyway, I did. But So what I've decided to do now is because you can you can do different jobs on Like a Dragon. I've changed the job roles of my um, party um, because depending on depending on what job you've got, it upgrades certain stats. So I've mm. changed the jobs, and now I need now I'm going around grinding again to upgrade the job level. So hopefully, I'll be at a point where I can actually get through this fight. But this is the first time I've actually got stuck on the game because up until this point, it's been pretty much plain sailing. And I thought, yeah, I'll be able to do it in maybe 18, 20 hours. I'm currently 23 hours in and very disappointed in myself, but yeah. So yeah, more grinding on that needed, but I'm hoping by the time we do the next podcast, I'll have that completed and done. But I, I am enjoying it though. It's a very good entry game, I'd say, for people that are looking to maybe dip the toe into the into JRPGs because of the mechanics of the game. So maybe one for you, Matt. Oh, no, not Matt, Mark. <laughs> Uh, for you to give a go, because you like Yakuza anyway. So. Yeah, I like Yakuza, but it's not going to get me playing the RPGs. You never know. I'm not going to start playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> Ain't happening. Oh. We'll see. Get stuck into the Final Fantasy VII remake. One day, maybe. Actually, we've got more chance of him playing Fortnite, I think. Also not happening. But anyway, uh, yeah, so... The remake's technically not a JRPG, but... In the traditional sense. Anyway, yeah, that's the first thing I've been playing. Uh, as you both know, and I've mentioned, I went to Comic-Con, not last weekend, the weekend before, so that's why I missed our illustrious podcast, unfortunately. So The best one, the best episode we've ever done. It, yeah. it is, I'm not going to lie. I've listened to it, and it's absolutely top-notch. Stellar. Quadruple-A star. Yeah, all that gubbins. So while we're there, they actually have a, a game corner. So they've got like a load of consoles set up um, that you can play. 
and they've got like a lot of poster um, salespeople as well, so you can get like old school game posters with like Amiga games on and stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. Well, to me anyway. So they've got all like the micro computer sets that you can play on, um, like ZX Spectrum, your Amigas, and all that kind of stuff. And then they've got the console side of things. So I went into the console and um, played a few games there. So I'll just rattle them off. Um, so I played Crash Bandicoot, the OG one. Still not got past that level, so I'll move on from there. I didn't get to that point and then give up. I, I got to a point where I think I just finished Hogwild and I'm like, right, there's so much, so many other things for me to play. I'll put this down, leave somebody in a good position, and I'll move on to something else. So that sounds like excuses to me. It's not yeah. excuses. It's, should have got someone else to help you on that level and then carry on. I should have actually yeah, shout out someone across the day. No, I'm doing this, one. <laughs> and then I just feel really bad and then wander off. So yeah, um, then I played Puyo Pop Fever, and so it's like a, a puzzle-based game. Um, that's always quite fun, because it reminds me of um, a game that they had on... Um, did you guys ever have Sky uh, back in the mid-2000s? They had a game called Beehive Bedlam on there. Oh, oh yes. yeah, I know. I know what yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like pretty much just like that, like matching colours together. Really simple, but, like, but uh, really fun. Is it, is it Bubble Bubble? Bubble Bubble. bubble. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's along the same same thing as that. You can actually download um, an app for BR Bedlam and play it on your phone. It's it's amazing. It's got the music and everything. Yeah, definitely. Oh, mind. I need to do this now. Get get that when you can. So yeah, I played that, and then I played Street Fighter Two. Just a couple of one on one fights there. I played Tekken Three. Arguably the best Tekken. Some may say different, but uh, yeah, played a bit of that. And then I played Aladdin on the Mega Drive. Now, I've never played Aladdin on the Mega Drive before in my entire life. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. So I think what I'm going to do, if I can't get the Mega Drive version, I'll pick up the remakes that they did on the Switch because they redid the Lion King and Aladdin. And they had it together as like a double pack. So I think I might get that because I just had a blast on there. There were a couple of people queuing up to play it, and I'm like, no, it's it's mine. You can wait. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, while at Comic Con, <clears throat> I ended up going around a few of the vendors, and I bought a couple of games. So I'm going to talk about one of them next. So I bought Mortal Kombat for the PS Vita because it's rare that I see PS Vita games in the wild. So I thought it's a decent price. It's a tenner. I'll I'll pick it up. Uh, so, on this game, the, the only real difference from this and the PS3 version is that you can actually play as Kratos, which is pretty interesting. So, I'm playing as him as like my main character, um, going through the story at the minute. Um, but there's also a game mode called Look Mode. So, what it does, it uses kind of a, like a slot machine and then these options come down so you can either have your character strengthened, weakened, it can take your finishing moves away from you. It's, well, it's sort of look-based, as the game mode says. Uh, you can get less health, more health, all that kind of stuff. And then it picks, picks a character for you to fight. So there's so many different mechanics and changes that can get involved with that. So I've been playing that quite a bit because I find it quite interesting, um, the look aspect of it and kind of trying to make the most out of what you've got if you're in a bit of a unfortunate situation so so that was really good to be playing quite a bit of that other than that i ended up downloading the mario strikers battle league demo so there's a demo on 
well, it'll be finished after we post this podcast, but I've given some of the training sessions a go. So how to shoot, pass, defend. So I've done that. That's pretty fun. And then I end up going into an online game uh, with three other randomers. So it was it's a four, it's four on four because as part of the demo, you can only do online play and the training sessions. So that was really wild. It's it's not a football game for the purists. I'll I'll say that much. It's just it's absolutely insane. Um, one thing I didn't like is that there's these super moves you can do. So once your meter goes up for the things that you do in game, you can do basically a move that's very difficult for the keeper to save. So that was okay. But anyway, eventually we end up winning that game 5-2. So that was good. And then the last game that I've played a bit of is Nintendo Switch Sports. So I've been playing a bit more of that filled in the gaps for the games that I didn't play. So I've played all the games now, so I've got a bit of experience in all of them. So I went back to bowling first, and it put me into an online game, and I ended up going out in the first round <laughs> because I was crap. So I'm like, no, stop this, I'll move on to the next one. Can't win them all. Uh, you can't, no, no. I mean, it would be nice if you could, but... That's what you want, yeah. though, wouldn't it? <laughs> but you can't win them all. Yeah. In my defence, I was the top of the worst list. So, <laughs> out of the crap ones, I was the best. Yes. So. The only way is up. Well, I guess you could. That's it. Up, but... Yeah. And the next game I played was that um, Chamber game, so the kind of like sword fighting one. And I ended up knocking a girl into a swimming pool, wipeout style. I think that's how you play it. So you might be able to speak more on this map. I basically attacked. The, my opponent until they got to the edge of the ring and then I hit them into the pool. Is that what you're supposed to do? Uh, I believe so. It's, it's still the one sport that I've not touched yet. So. Oh, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I did like the uh, yeah. tutorial for it. Mm. I thought it was quite good. It was fun. And then after that, I had my first go at the football game. So this is like the the Rocket League style game. I didn't really like this one too much, to be honest. I ended up winning 1-0 due to a diving header from the halfway line, so that was pretty good. But apart from that, like Van Persie-esque there. But apart from that, it was a pretty pretty crap, to be honest. I didn't really have too much fun on there. And then other gaming-related stuff. I put a new shelf up in my games room so I could buy even more games. So hey. that's done. Hey. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. What about you, Matthew? Myself. Um, so, really not not that much that I can talk about. That isn't sort of, I suppose, the usual that we've spouted normally. Um, I suppose the things that have stood out is I recently went back on to Sea of Thieves and did the um, new adventure sort of part that they've got. So this is all about um, the Golden Sands outpost. So in sort of season six, there was like a like a green sort of fog uh, that bestowed the island and kind of sort of destroyed most of the outpost. And the adventure quests has kind of all been about, I suppose, restoring it. Um, so you can now kind of visit the island again and you can do sort of like a, a mission for it, but. There's like two sides to it now. So you can either um, work with a character that's called Merrick to bring um, resources back to the outpost to be able to help sort of 
bring it back to its former glory, I suppose. Um, or you can change, or you can sort of change, change it if you work for. Uh, I forgot what the character's called, but he's like the guy you go go to for the Reaper um, missions and stuff, or the 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 Reaper embassy, I should say. So there seems to have like two sides to it that you can pick to restore the outpost how you kind of want it. We did the Merrick stuff, so that was pretty much go to these two islands, speak to two people, find the supplies that you need from them somewhere on the island that they're on, and then sort of sail back and bring them back to Merrick. So we've done that, and we, we're probably going to do sort of the second part of it just to see what that kind of side of it is. So that's pretty much see if these are the moment. I think like Nathan, I've done a little bit of switch sports. Um, so I've mainly been focusing on the badminton side of stuff and just trying to get my rank up. And I managed to get into the A rankings, which is like oh, nice. which is like the highest you can be. But there's like um, there's like a, a level assigned to it now. So um, you go like rank A, and then I think def- by default you get a rank 27 next to it. And so now, if you're playing, continuing with that rank, you're you're wanting to get that number higher. So like the higher the number, like obviously the, I suppose, better player that you are into it. Um, unfortunately, I've kind of slipped from 27 to 26. So still can't beat all the, I suppose, the highest ranking players. But I'm still enjoying it. Still really liking playing the badminton side of stuff. Um, did a bit of the bowling. Um, they seem to have introduced the the other side of bowling that they've called it. Do you know like the the sort of mini game bowling oh, stuff? Yeah. So you got like obstacles in your way and stuff. That's, they seem to have introduced that to the online side of it now. So it is, it is a little bit more difficult. So it seems to have been based where after the I suppose first um, level that you do, um, if you've done really well on that level you get upgraded to like um, the higher level on the next sort of round that you do. So that there's like different levels to what you're doing. So like someone who's playing like the intermediate version of, of the bowling alley, they could have a little bit more objectives to it. Someone else who's not done so well could get like the basic version. So they might only have like one obstacle to get around to hit the pins. Um, yeah, that's me. Yeah, um, I, I find every now and then I, I end up in the basic because some of the intermediate stuff you have to like really know your angles and how to kind of, I suppose, curve the ball to hit the pins properly, which I do not know. So um, Yeah, I've not mastered that yet. I try and put like, a whip on it with my hand and it just does the same thing. So yeah. Or you just whip the control out of your hand or something. Yeah. I like how game. he always asks you, is your strap yeah, yeah. on? And you're like, like yeah, I'm, yeah, of course it is. the first game you've done is like, is your strap on? Like, yeah, sure. Totally. Not that kind of strap uh, on, but the, the Wii <laughs> remote strap. Wrist strap. The Wii remote, sorry. The Switch remote. But that's, yeah, so that's Switch was. The only other thing of, I suppose, worthy of talking about is uh, Fortnite. So, um, last night they had the collision event happened the uh the wharf event to end the season i don't know if you if you participated in this nathan i know mark i did yeah so yeah so it basically started off with um you and three other people random old friends uh end up in like the the head of the the t- 
teddy mech. Robot bear. The robot bear. <laughs> and basically talking about um, basically, you know, setting the mech up to basically go and, I suppose, invade the island and take out the IO forces once and for all. Everyone ended up in like a pod and everyone's got control of like one section of the mech. It's a bit more on rails and stuff, but you end up like flying towards the the island and you got to take out the rocks that are in the way and you got like three three different weapons I think you can choose. So there's like the minigun, there's the laser weapon and these the the auto locked rockets that you can use. And then once you get on the island, you find all the forces, you know, you're taking them out, um, all the blimps come out, you're trying to take the missiles out, but unfortunately it becomes too much, so you get sort of taken down. Um, and then out of nowhere, the character Peely, who's just a walking banana, appears in a truck full of what's called slurp, I believe it is, which is the... It's slurp juice? Yeah, it's, it's what helps uh, energise your shields in the game normally. But in this case, it just like souped up the mech and just took out everything basically. To the that was insane when it like brought the sword out and then started chopping the blimps down. Yeah, it was just chopping that. the blimps down. Um, so you get to the point where you fight, you get to the IO tower. It looks like you're gonna take it out, but then the seismic charge hits and the mech falls on the ground. You get out of the mech thanks to I think it's Jonesy and the Foundation, uh, who is the Rocks character in Fortnite. <laughs> And then you just make your way up a little sort of ramp and stuff, take out all the IO forces. You get stopped by Dr. Sloan, I think, who's in the tank, who's basically like, any last words? And then she gets destroyed by the mech who comes back, which is hilarious. Actually, just before then as well, sorry. When you're making your way up the little sort of curved tower, there's a what's called the zero point that's going on in the background. And you see certain characters appear. Like, I think this is the first time you see a character called Gino, who's been referenced before. Um, you also get a glimpse of Obi-Wan fighting Darth Vader out of nothing, which I think is, is meant to him that like Darth Vader's coming to Fortnite next season, because Obi-Wan's just come into it. Um, and then it ends with Foundation and Jonesy jumping into the zero point, going somewhere we don't know and then it cuts to a to a to be continued screen which hasn't as of yet <clears throat> come out of it yet i think it's scheduled sometimes today i think it'll resume at some point it's normally about it takes about 24 hours to i suppose update to the next season because they're making changes to the map or whatnot so but no i i thought it was a pretty decent event not my favorite i don't think it was as involving as, as like other events have been it's just very kind of on rails you just kind of it does its thing you're just there for the ride sort of thing but i, I always i always enjoy these kind of events i think fortnite out of any other life service game does these kind of things the best so looking forward to what next season brings right mark how have you been playing mm, okay so the first thing I played actually falls on from something you spoke about in the last pod, oh. uh, and that's the We Were Here series. Ah, right. So my brother and I have now completed the second game, which is uh, We Were Here Two, T Double O because clever. Yeah. So this, as established before, these are strictly two-player games. You both get lost in the snow, find a random castle, and you go in to take refuge. 
and lo and behold you get locked in there and you have to find a way out uh, that's that seems to how these go uh, <laughs> but the cinematic at the start confused me a bit it was a bit weird because your characters seem to voluntarily go separate ways you know as opposed to being like separated by a trap or something oh yeah yeah so if you rocked up to a scary castle you wouldn't wander off separately would you i mean did these yeah, guys I think never so would you these guys never play Resident Evil or something, but it's just don't separate. Anyway, you move around separately around this castle, solving puzzles, and it's it's all about communication, isn't it, between the pair of you? Because what one person comes across will help the other person, etc. I didn't find this one quite as much as a struggle as I did with some bits in the first game. I thought it was a I could work it out a bit more. Mm. Yeah, and I think my brother was pleased that I didn't get angry with him this time. <laughs> um, but I'm really I really enjoy these games. Uh, they're nice experiences and. When co-op games are quickly becoming a dying breed, uh, it's nice to know that there are these gems out there if you're willing to look for them. So, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I guess we'll be moving on to where uh, we were here together as the next one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We were here together because <clears throat> we've got that already. Oh, because we bought the first three uh, at the same time. I've also played, anybody who likes the show, um, Netflix recently released uh, the new season for Strange Things. Uh, so I went, because I was like, oh, Stranger Things hyped. I went and played uh, Stranger Things 3, the game. So this is a pixelated isometric puzzler uh, slash mm. beat em up. Uh, now, it's not actually the third game. It's called Stranger Things 3, the game, because it's based on the third season of Stranger Things. And it follows it, it actually follows the show pretty closely uh, in terms of its plot. And it's divided into, se- into eight episodes or chapters, as they refer to it as um so you start off as two characters you've got uh mike and lucas little kids and you go around uncovering well strange things uh going on in the fictional town of hawkins indiana uh you complete quests and puzzles whilst also beating up goons and monsters that you come across and you always have two characters available as you play and as you progress you unlock other people as well uh, there's been there's 12 in total and each has like a unique attack or ability that is useful mm. for. So, for example, uh, you've a girl called Erica who can crawl through air vents. And there's a Joyce, adult Joyce, who can, uh, uh, she has bolt cutters. So she can like open locked gates. So there's areas around the map where you won't be able to go to unless you've unlocked these characters by that point. It sort of works similar to like the Lego games, you know, where you, you've got two characters, but you can switch them to whoever you want, who you've got unlocked. You know, on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of works like that. As well as the main story, there's uh, side errands and things like that. That reward you with cash. And there's also a crafting mechanic. So as you travel around Hawkins, you, um, you'll find, like, workbenches. And you can craft trinkets, which have various abilities. And you can apply five of them up to up to five of those onto your party. And you can change them based on, on what characters you're using at the moment. Um, but in order to craft them, you have to go and find items around but you can also visit shops and buy stuff as well so the trinkets vary so they can be like some can cover groups so it might give a boost to all the kids as opposed to all the adults but then you've got like individual boosts as well so this one particular character will have like a 20 percent damage boost or whatever you can have things like speed increases that is one thing that that irritated me is that the walking pace was a bit slow so i was Early, in the early days, I whacked a load of speed trinkets on them just to get them around faster. Uh, the puzzles, for the most part, are just about just about the right amount of a challenge. 
I mean, if you investigate the area, you'll mostly find a hint on how to solve them. But there was a few complicated ones, uh, which kind of involved like trial and error. So I remember one in particular which involved light switches. So imagine uh, a series of four corridors, right, that form a loop, just like a square shape. Okay, and at the top of that is a room. Okay, coming off the top corridor, and the aim was to turn off all the lights in this bit. Now, in each section, so like each corner and the middle bits of this square shape, is a button. Okay, but when you press a button, it's so for example, if the light's off in that segment and you push the button, it will turn the light on, but it will do the opposite thing to the two adjacent segments. So if you turn the light on that you're on, the two by the side will turn off. And you have to do, you have to like try and work out how to do that to get them all switched off. That boggled my mind. It scrambled my brain so much. So after about 10 minutes, I had to look at a guide online and then I realised I couldn't follow that because I'd already messed about with the buttons too much that <laughs> I couldn't work it out because you couldn't reset it. So I just randomly started pressing them all. Uh, eventually managed to crack it, but that was quite difficult. There's a few boss battles in there as well. So there's one where uh, you come across two characters called Tom and Bruce, and they become possessed or flayed, as they call it in the show. Um, and this battle takes place in a hospital, and you have to try and beat both of them at the same time. And the annoying thing is that when they get close together, they heal each other. So they kept going back up to full health, which my, made my blood boil. And I gave it a good few attempts, and I then quit in a fit of rage. And Ooh, I was prepared to be done quit. with it. I was prepared to be done with it. But after the uh, the Parappa the Rapper 2 debacle from last episode that I mentioned, um, I didn't want to get a reputation, so <laughs> with a clear head, I went back and tried it again the next day. Um so I decided that I went and I crafted a load of long-range fire damage for the character of Will. Okay, and he can fire. I don't know why he's, he's got like some sort of one thing that fires projectiles. I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, thankfully it worked. Beat them. So happy days. Uh, from then on, I went and completed the game. Um, oh. Quite longer than I expected. It was about eight and a half hours long. I was expecting to be quite shorter. I mean, when I first came across the game, I was expecting it to be some like cheap, simple mobile style. You know, tie-in game that will probably have little much going for it. But I actually really liked it. It's a game that was much better than I thought it had any right to be. Um, mm. But if you enjoy Stranger Things, give it a shot. As long as you've watched the third season, because it will spoil that season for you if you don't watch it. But yeah, that's that. And then this past week, I went to see Top Gun Maverick. It's very good. Mm. Go see it. It's better than the first. Yeah, but anyway, it's another story. But seeing that made me feel the need, the need for speed. No, I didn't play Need for Speed. Uh, I played Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. Okay. So if you're not familiar with the Ace Combat series, uh, they are arcade-style combat flight simulation games. So when I was younger, I remember playing a couple of them on the PS1. I think it was the first two. Mm. In fact, I think the first one might have actually been called Air Combat, maybe in Europe at least. I can't quite remember. Um, but anyway, in this, you play a jet fighter pilot with the call sign Trigger, uh, who is a, who's one of these silent protagonists. They never speak. And they are sent on aerial assault missions as part of a war that is erupted between two nations called 
Osia and Irusha, which are in the continent in the continent of Usia. Yeah, I know all these places sound exactly the same. It confused me too. Um, there's a thing about drone manufacturing and a subplot about a scientist who's conducted experiments on an aging legendary fighter pilot uh, in order to try and prove like the capabilities of said drones. Meanwhile, there's a random woman who fixes up aircraft who gets involved. Somehow, there's a princess in there for some reason. And then there's a weird space elevator thing. To be quite honest, I had no idea what was going on with the story. But the graphics in the cutscenes are superb. They were really good. Uh, scenery looks fantastic. But they've they made some weird artistic decision with the character models. So for the male characters, they've gone for like a realistic approach. But the female characters, they've given them some sort of like anime style face to them. And it's actually quite jarring. I I didn't understand the point of that. It looks as if someone had taken them out of a JRPG and plonked them in the wrong game. It's peculiar. Anyway, with all that being said, um, when it comes to gameplay, it's top notch. It's really good fun. They managed to surprisingly make each mission feel different in some ways. It's not just like dogfights all the time. Although that isn't there, of course. So there's like, um, you've got to remain below a certain height to avoid radar detection, flying through a canyon, or having to visually identify unknown targets before you can engage with them. Laser, ta- laser targeted missions where you've got to like fix the aim on a certain point for about a time. So like, yeah, allies can drop a payload onto them. It's a good mix. In terms of the flying, there's two control mechanisms, mechanisms that you can use. So there's novice and expert. A novice simplifies the fly, so it keeps it to like one thumbstick. So if you turn left and right, your, your plane will remain horizontal and all that. But then, of course, you've got the expert, where this allows you to pull off rolls and hygiene maneuvers with both sticks. So, of course, I went for that, because what's the point of playing a combat fighter jet game if you're not going to do the fun stuff with it? Um, a nice little addition is at the end of each mission, uh, it gives you like a replay of the whole mission you've just undertaken. So it's like a theatre mode, so you can change camera angles, uh, turn on what sounds you want to have on it, where you can have radio chatter and that kind of thing. Um, effectively making your own like cinematic piece, which is a nice touch. And in between the missions, you can make use of what's called the aircraft tree, which is basically a skill tree, but with aircraft and aircraft pals. And you can purchase these with in-game points that you've earned from missions. Um, there's a nice array of planes in there. I mean, I managed to pick up the F-22 Raptor, which is a beast. Um, and the Eurofighter Typhoon's in there as well. Um, playing it just gave me a bit of a nice bit of nostalgia. I did like the Ace Combat games when I was younger. Um, yeah, really fun. In fact, you could say it's um, <clears throat> top fun. Yeah. I was going to give that angle. Okay, okay. Tumbleweed. Uh, but, but saying that, but, saying, but this did have actually a tie-in to uh, top film. But it's top not film. film. <laughs> top, 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 top film, top gun film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's not free. Uh, you can, so there's like they've released like six aircraft, and I saw the price of sixteen pounds, and I'm like, nah, you're alright. <laughs> is it just the aircraft you get, or is it like missions? Yeah, that's not it. It's literally just the aircraft. No? Oh. Yeah. Right. Well. But that's not the only game with a Top Gun tie. So there's also no. a free DLC for Microsoft Flight Simulator. So I gave okay. that a try. So in this, you take control of the FA-18EF Super Hornet fighter jet, which is what appears in the film, and there are seven challenges. 
that you over three different disciplines. So five of those are like um, low altitude flying challenges. So your aim is to fly your plane as low as possible over a given distance, and it's divided into ten sectors, and you're scored in each sector based upon your like your altitude and your speed. Um, each one's like over a different terrain, and they're, they're quite thrilling things. Uh, another separate challenge was to try and land on an aircraft carrier. That wasn't easy at all. So first time I hit the deck and just shot off on the other side of the carrier. Uh, then it came at a too high angle and then it just flew over it. Uh, <laughs> another time I turned the throttle down too much and I didn't even reach the carrier and it just plummeted into the ocean. Uh, and then another time it came in too low and just crashed into the front of the carrier. Nice. Yeah. Um, eventually, I managed to do that. Um, but the final challenge is quite different and fairly lengthy. All these these other ones were quite short. So in this one, you are in control of an aircraft called the Dark Star, which is a fictional single-seater supersonic jet, which is designed for the film. Mm. And in this aircraft, you can reach the upper atmosphere. So like the stratosphere. And you're pretty much riding on the edge of space. And in it, you're trying to reach max 10. While traveling across the entire United States. So you're traveling from the West Coast all the way to the East. In a time frame of about 35 minutes. Which is a bit bonkers. It's it's quite breathtaking. Because normally, obviously, in flight simulator, you don't really get that idea. You don't get to see, because the thing is, you get to see that curvature of the Earth and things mm. like that, and the stars. And wow. It's really, yeah, the flat, really the nice. The flat Earth as well, like that. Yeah. No, nope, they weren't. <laughs> no, indeed, they weren't. But no, that was breathtaking and a, a wonderful addition to the game. So, yeah. I'd go try that. Although I did yeah, crash I'm... the jet first time trying to land it. <laughs> I just <laughs> I was just short of the runway and I landed in a forest. <laughs> but... Nice. It happens. It's flight simulator. Yeah. I crashed into the court near my house once. It was just, I'm just glad it didn't start me off from the very beginning. Because I made it all the way there, fine. Doing it. Go, go and do it in another 35 minutes. Yeah. But, no, that's, that was really good. That was really good. And I encourage you to play it if you've got Flight Simulator. But that's all I've been playing. Do you have a question? A question? Yeah. Uh, question one. Okay, so we've uh, just just been celebrating the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Platinum as people call it. The what? People have been calling it Platinum Have they now? <laughs> okay. When you say people, are you just talking about yourself? Yeah. Just meant. I don't know. <laughs> some some people have actually said that. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. agree with it, but anyway. So. We thought we've uh, have a related question. So our question is, what is your favourite video game set in Britain? Do you want to start, Nathan? I suppose. I'll start. <laughs> Mine was the most painstaking, I think. Oh, painstaking. Up up until halfway through recording this podcast, I've not even made a selection as to my favourite because I've got a list of around ten or so games that could be the favourite. Hmm. Anyway, I'll um, I'll put you both out of your misery. It's FIFA 22. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> Technically, you could say it's set in Britain because yep, you can play yep, yeah, no, no, it's... in the Premier League and all that. 
Anyway, yeah. Anyway, solve that. Let's move on to the proper one. Paper 21? <laughs> Correct. No. <laughs> um, so I decided to go for Forza Horizon 4 in the end. I thought you might go with that. Mm. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Just, yeah, it's it's a beautiful game. Like just because you get to ride around the countryside in supercars, in real British locations that you can go and see if you really wanted to. And it, yeah, it's just it's just a fantastic game. It's got it it melts the relaxing with the absolutely absurd perfectly. Like because if you want to go around in a Mini Cooper and explore, you can do that. But if you want to race race a train or a hovercraft. It's got that too. Fly Scotsman. All the different, but that's it, yeah. yeah. Really all the different cool. places you can open up the Horizon Festival as well. Um, all the different variations of races. So, as always, you've got your street races, your, your kind of dirt track races, and then you've got your kind of long distance. It's yeah, it's got it's got everything. Like in terms of racing game, the Horizon series is probably my favourite. Like, it used to be Need for Speed. That used to be, like, my go-to racing game because I don't really like simulation games, racing games as such, but I think the Forza Horizon series just gives me everything that I need. And, yeah, that's that's my selection for my favourite game that's set in Britain. Very good. So, Mark, what's me. your fave? Me. OK. Mine's a clearly obvious one, and it might even be the same one as Matt. I don't know if it is just oh. chipping it's just chipping i don't know but mine of course has got to be grand theft auto london 1969 i can't chip in oh okay 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 fair enough so interesting so first of all it's set in the psychedelic 60s what a great setting i mean <laughs> it's basically as if austin powers weight gangster <laughs> that's kind of what it is uh speaking of which the cars um then you've got you've got the austin powers car basically that is shaguar uh, with a Union Jack livery, that's that's in it. So then you've got British classic cars like your Mini Coopers, you've got your Robin Reliance, you've got your Black Cabs, uh, VW Beetles, open top red buses, they're all in it. Like any stereotypical car or vehicle associated with Britain at that time is in there. And then, of course, when the police chase you, they've got the, the, the wonderfully distinct Nino, Nino, Simon. I mean, you can't ask me much about that. And then, of course, you've got like voice acting. So everyone's like dialing it up to 11, where they're putting on the best cockney accent. So, like, completely cockney mimey slang. So, there's things like, hey, Jeff's leaving the boozer. Go have a butcher's at what he's doing, and things like that. You know. <laughs> and then, uh, when you compl- oh, oh, whenever you completed a mission, it says, nice one, you beauty. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's people on the streets who shout at you, it's like, watch it, you slag. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's just amusing all the way through. And then, like, the, the missions were just funny as well. So I remember there was one mission where a gangster has put a bet on a football match and you're asked, uh, you're tasked with blowing up the opposing team's bus and taking the players to the gangster to then be roughed up before the game. It's like... Classic. Uh, and then there was another one where you're asked... To pick up some food for a pair of crooks, which include pie and mash, pickled eggs and Yorkshire pudding. And of course, for dessert, spotted dick. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a big, isn't it? That's <laughs> making me hungry, actually. What are yours putting? Uh, you got the, of course, they got the um, gangster names in there. So you got people like called Chalky and uh, <laughs> the Crisp Twins. Well, I think it's supposed to be Attack of the Cray Twins. Um, now, do you remember in the first game, in the original first Grand Theft Auto game, you ran over the group of people and then it said Garanga. Do you remember that? When you do that in GTA London, it says, keep London tidy. Well, of course, then and finally, you've got, you've got like the music, haven't you? So just this wonderful, eclectic mix of pop, rock and ska from that era. Um, mm. In fact, I used to put the game disc in my CD player. And listen to it because back in those days you could do that with PS1 games. There's a fair, mm. fair amount of games you can do that. Where's my 3D remaster? Oh. Let's be having it. Let's I mean, be they, having need to, you. They, need to, they need to do a new GTA in London. I mean, I know we've had like Watch Dogs Legion, but it's not the same. It's not GTA London. Do you know what? I always used to enjoy all the in air quotes leaks for GTA Steel City. <laughs> yes. Basically, Sheffield. That would be good. <laughs> but yeah, that's my choice. Go on, Matt. Um, yeah, so I think about Grand Theft Auto in London, to be fair. Um, but it's been such a long time since I last played it. Like, there is a lot of it that like, I just don't remember. Yeah. Other than just wanting to, you know, blow up the big red buses, because that were fun. So to a more kind of I don't want to say recent game, but a more, I suppose, modern game that um, I adore for its historical representation of London. My choice was Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I just, I, I just really like the recreation of London, how how you'd think it would look in uh, in those days. Um, I enjoyed the the Freya twins. Doesn't sound right. Frank Freya actually might be the name Eve, of Evie, the, Evie Fry. Evie. I can't remember the bloke's name. Jacob, I think. Yes, that might be it. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Evie and Jacob, the uh, Freya twin thing they call. I could be massively wrong on that because again, it's been a while since I played it, but I like how it's how they took the parkour movement system of Unity, which I still think actually to this day is probably one of the better parkour animation systems for Assassin's Creed. Um, it just felt really fluid being able to travel around Paris and that, and I think they just took that and made it better for Syndicate, having the um, sort of grapple hook system as well, but similar to the Batman Arkham games, just add that in there, and you just got like a perfect parkour system. The fighting was pretty good. I enjoyed the combat system for Jacob, and then using the EV for like all the stealth stuff, um, having that was good. But just like, just being able to scale on like the, um, the horse carriage as well and just riding around London, uh, I think it was fun. Just caused chaos with that, being able to have like races and just smashing each other's carriages, quite fun. Yeah, a lot of civilians would get wrecked. Oh yeah, yeah. Those histories just... Like, I know that they, they built the system for Unity where, like, if you got close to um, civilians, they would, like, dive out of the way. But, like, yeah. sometimes you just you just couldn't get out of the way. So, yeah. uh, unfortunately, like, they'd um, penalise you for that as well because assassins aren't meant to kill um, 
civilians, unfortunately. Oh, I thought we were just going to get there. Assassins aren't meant to kill. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> I mean, they can, but not civilians. Uh, but just, I, I think it's just the, just how detailed London look as well. Being able to get all like the back alleys perfect where you've got like the kids playing and just having that kind of system in the game as well where you could use the kids to get like information because they're just, that's, that's kind of how they were used mm. back in those days, I assume, perhaps. Swimming in the Thames as well. Swimming in the Thames, the dirty Thames as well. Yeah, that was yeah. so it's that accurate. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty accurate. The factories as well, getting all the child slaves, mm. that was accurate. Yeah. But I, just, I loved how everything looked and be able to climb Big Ben as well, I think, in those mm. days. was uh was a feat. Um, and just some of the historical um, people who were in as well. Like um, I want to say Benjamin Franklin, but that sounds wrong. don't know why he'd be there, but maybe, <laughs> I don't know. This sounds I've gone on holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one as well. Who's the one that invented the telephone? Santa Graham Bell. It. Yeah, Graham Bell was. It. He was in it. Yeah. He was. Uh, it was a pretty good part of the, uh, the story as well. But no, I just I, I just loved his recreation of London. That was it was perfect. Do you have any uh, on, honourable mentions, Nathan, from your list? Other than FIFA? I do, yeah. <laughs> other than FIFA yeah uh, actually FIFA 2010 was pretty good um, uh, yeah yeah one that really stuck out to me was everybody's gone to the rapture this was on mine because mm, it recreates a quintessential British town so well even to the yeah. graffiti on the bus stop it yeah. says rude words <laughs> but it's rude words that we would say <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and just the as you go around the recordings of what people say and like the things that they do as jobs and what they do in their lives, it was just recreated perfectly. It was just a, a pleasure to go around and kind of find the lives of these villagers and kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together to find out what happened. It's just really uh, surprising just how British it felt. Yeah. It, it, it did feel like you were in a British village. I'd like to go around it in VR. That would be quite good. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Definitely. Uh, Yorton, it's called isn't it? the fictional town of Yorton in Shropshire, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to the pub and just the atmosphere of being, being in the pub. It's quite nice. Uh, would you guys give um, some of that we mentioned earlier a uh, shout? Watchdogs Legion? Or do you think it's not? I liked Watchdogs Legion. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people don't. I mean, but I liked it purely because it had three lines in it. And I went into pub, so. <laughs> uh, Accurate uh, yeah. representation of when England's on in a, in a tournament. Yeah, pretty much. I liked it. I thought I thought London did pretty well in that. I thought mm. they designed it pretty good. It's nice to razz around, dude. Whether it's got an interesting story as Watch Dogs 2, I'm not quite sure, but I liked it. And some people are taken against the old, like, because you're basically recruiting people, aren't you? Whereas in the other games, you're a protagonist. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people have taken against random people, basically, because you're not following a certain person to a story. But it didn't bother me. I quite liked it. And you could um, you could recruit, like, a spy. So there's supposed to be, like, a rip-off of James Bond. and mm. uh, There was a John Wick character as well that you could do. Not British, of course, but <laughs> just there. Just there. Good. Oh, and a football hooligan. You get a football hooligan as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I had a female football hooligan who just nutted people. Bosh. <laughs> I've it. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like Legion. Another one that I had on my list was just in general. Um, for me, probably more the early Harry Potter games on the, the original PlayStation. They were just absolute classics. Because at the time, when I were probably between 10 and 13, it was like one of the dreams was to get kind of lost in the wizarding world. So like those games gave you a little bit of a taste. I mean, looking back, it was... the graphics. Where actually is Hogwarts supposed to be? Is it in Britain? Yeah. I thought so. It's um, it's kind of a a world that runs in parallel within Britain, and as you run through Britain, and all, yeah, well, you could say, yeah, but it is in in Britain, yeah. I mean, it's got a lot, enough British actors in it, so I'm guessing well, it's yeah, in Britain. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it's set in Switzerland. Yeah. Ah. but yeah, I enjoyed them. Um, I'll, I'll just rattle off a few, um, and my other ones just quickly. Um, so I had Resistance Fall of Man. So that was kind of the the PlayStation exclusive that came out on the PS3 uh, that was kind of meant to be the Call of Duty competitor. How'd that go? Was that the one that uh, got in trouble? Was it? Was it? Because there's level based in was it Manchester or Liverpool? Mm. It's like in a church or something. But um, apparently they didn't have permission to recreate those kind of like stuff i think it was it was in yeah. the church or something like oh you, you weren't allowed to have fights in it or something so i think they got in trouble because of it yeah well you were killing aliens so it's fine no violence in the church <laughs> we all know this yeah holy ground and all that uh the next one i had was pokemon sword and shield so that's set in set in britain you could say uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, a representation of the brain, I suppose. You could, you could get away with it. Yeah, I had that <laughs> one. Um, the Order 1886, I, I love that game. I, w- I was going to probably put that as my best, but I've spoken about that as part of another question, so I didn't want to reuse it. Um, we Happy Few, that's set in like a oh. dystopian past Britain. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, to play that. It's, it's a really good game. Really enjoyed it, that one. And then, obviously, I had to have Tomb Raider on the list as well. Partly in Britain, I imagine. Well, you've got Croft Manor. Yeah. I suppose you could argue it has a level same brain. Good enough for me, anyway. Good. <laughs> Remember the getaway? Yeah. I never played it. I think I only played a demo of it. And I weren't very good at it. Or was that one where, I think there was one where they actually 3D, they went around 3D scanning London or something. Yeah, I think there they was made a... a... They made this whole thing about, it's like, accurate. Yeah. I don't I know think how it was I the third one, I think I recall. I thought they did that for the first one. I don't know. I might be wrong. Need, need more games, same bro. It's not fair. Yeah, make them outside London as well. Let's not put everything in London. Yeah. Do, do one in, like, Glasgow. Not... not... That's what GTA should do. Do one of those. I mean, the same in Glasgow. Is the same Glasgow as Edinburgh, I think. Uh, Rockstar North. It's Edinburgh, I think. Edinburgh. Do one there. That'd be that'd be wicked. Yeah. I still think Sheffield needs a good open world game. Go into town. Go into Bucky's. Go to because court. that's what you do typically in Sheffield. <laughs> oh. 
there's enough for him. No, that's true. All in the line usually. I just I just thought one that's um that's in London a zombie game. Is it zombie you? Yeah. Oh, oh I suppose now. Or zombie. Or zombie. Mm. Oh, that was set in London I think as well. Wasn't too bad that I actually played a little bit of it. Yeah, I, I played it on the Wii U when it came out. Well, not as soon as it came out, but a bit after. Mm. And um, I couldn't kill my first zombie, and then it scared me, so I didn't play it again. I've still got it, but yeah. Oh, I've not sold it like Resident Evil then? No. <laughs> well, because it's a Wii U game, so it holds a bit more stature than. Oh, don't, give me that, don't give me that tosh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked Nintendo, man. Yeah, but I don't have a Nintendo Wii U, so. Or a Wii. I've got five rooms, so you can have one if you want. Five. Five. You've got like gold one and all. I wish I had that. You need to make a platinum one now for the Jubilee. So there we have it. That's our favourite games set in jolly old Britain. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the whole thing. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue with the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Tally-ho. Toodles. Oh, very British. Thank you.